This special presentation of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by Jeremy, who is one of our Patreon backers. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, consider kicking us a couple of bucks a month, and get some cool rewards. And help us do cool things like this Watch Out for Fireballs live show we just did. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is Andrew. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week is our PvP special, focusing on Dark Souls 2. Why not? That's the season that we're in. And as you heard, we're joined by Andrew, who is better known as Mr. I Won't Forget on YouTube. Thanks, Andrew. How's yeah, it doing? Not a problem, guys. Not a problem. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah. Yeah, Alexander. You, uh, before, when we were doing pre-roll, you asked us how we got our name. How did you determine your YouTube name? Uh, that is a pretty good story, actually. Um, it's a relatively long one, but long story short, one of my friends, a good friend, uh, he would always have this party called Nerdfest, and he had literally a wall of TVs. It was actually more like two walls. So it was a good six feet on one wall, two 64-inch TVs stacked up in the corner, and then another eight feet. Double-decker couch, think Lego movie, but without the feet smelling issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he made it like stadium seating. And he wanted me to help him set up the couch because he took it down whenever he wasn't having the party and help him with some other random stuff before. And he was talking to me about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, get here about an hour before. And I'll be like, and I was like, yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. He's like, okay, just don't forget. I need you to be there. I was like, yeah, okay, I won't forget, dude. Don't worry. So I get there an hour after the party started. <laughs> and uh, he was like, where the hell were you? What were you doing? I had to move all this myself. Good job, mister. I won't forget. <laughs> and it sort of stuck. No. Nice. Yeah. So mo- most of the people who are listening uh, know your stuff. We've, we've mentioned your videos before. But can you just kind of give a brief uh, history of what you do on YouTube and how you got into it and, uh, and kind of your basic how you came to the Souls games? Uh, so essentially what I do in my videos, I take weapons essentially at random. I really try and look for the ones that are less commonly used, uh, the ones that people generally consider to be bad. And I do showcases on them. I take them, I, you know, learn how to use them. I record myself using them in a PVP situation, whether it's a fight club with friends or doing random invasions. And then on when I do the commentary on it, I go over the pros, cons, stat requirements, and go from there. Yeah. Uh, as far as how I got started with doing them, I'd actually have to say it was kind of a random thing. It didn't really have a, I didn't really have a big plan with it when I first started doing it. I started doing it because Martyrs Brigade, uh, Martyrs Brigade ninety nine, J Black Mel on YouTube, uh, he was the big commentary guy back in Dark Souls 1. And he always made this point how, you know, you don't see much as far as the pe- as far as people's weapon choice. You don't see them mixing it up. You don't see them using all these other weapons that are really good. And I, I thought, you know, he's right. So I decided I'd start playing with other weapons. And I found out there were a lot of really good ones that were perfect counters to what people were using. And I decided I should, you know, let people know about it. So I started doing uh, some basic showcases on it. 
Uh, my first one was on the Lucerne. It's actually still on my channel. The very first commentary <clears throat> I ever did. Hmm. It was bad. Yeah, it, it was really bad. And that was, uh, <laughs> but you know, Dark Souls One. Like you've uh, you've been doing this for a while. Yes, that was yeah. back in Dark Souls One. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Excellent. Yeah, I really like uh, like your videos. Um, they're really nice, kind of bite size chunks of yeah. uh, PvP footage, and you do focus on stuff that you don't see a lot. And that's one of the things that um, I think hep is a danger of any kind of competitive online game is that there's a rush towards optimization. Um, you know, yep. so you get somebody finds something that works really well, and then there's a thousand giant dads or a thousand Havilands or something like that. Mm. And uh, it gets, you know, it's a little, it's just boring. Yeah. So having people yeah. kind of, you know, spice it up is really something we encourage. Yeah. I love the focus and what you do and the fact that it starts as almost like a service that you're, you're providing this weird lexicon for people to go and shop for different weapons. I think that's a, that's a wonderful way to approach a YouTube channel. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting to see uh, the effect that I sort of have. I usually, I did, a, I did a little tally of it one time after I did a video just to see how many people I saw, you know, before I did the video using that weapon and after. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was about ten times more people using the weapons mm. before, yeah. or rather after than before. Yeah, so, it's, it's one of the big strengths of Dark Souls is that ridiculous variety in equipment but um you know something that we're fond of saying uh on the show or something you know is that there's really no right weapon there's just the one that works for you and when you're playing uh pve you find the one that works for you and you tend to stick with it um you know but there's always that like what could have been um you know off to the side or and you don't always have the ability to kind of invest the stats or uh, invest the upgrade materials in uh trying something else out just because it looks interesting so it's kind of a nice way to live vicariously yep that is very very true yeah. 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 So, yeah, thanks. And then, you know, we really, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show and everything that you do um, for that. Uh, as a disclaimer, um, we should say neither Cole. So Cole and I um, for the show, I'm not <laughs> sure, uh, you know, how if you're familiar with it, but we really focus on the, the PVE and the kind of the single player. Yeah. aspect of the game um and i you know, focus we, on we go, invading and killing you guys yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah the, the, yeah so it's you um I, I don't think i've ever been invaded by you but the uh uh so we focus on that so we like to try to get when it comes to like speed running or you know something that we don't have expertise on we try to get somebody who knows yeah. that uh, knows that stuff so um we're gonna kind of just talk about some issues about uh, dark souls 2 bvp um but uh you know we're kind of relying on you we both have a little bit of experience um but not a whole lot not okay, enough to so, speak with any authority. Yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, and I think that we both, uh, you know, like PvP to a degree, but it's more about um, for the show since we go area by area. You know, some people it's like Dark Souls. You know, they they get to it and they play through the single campaign, and then it just becomes kind of a PvP game. Um, and then I'm always kind of iterating, like I just like, oh, what would the the whole game be like with this different build? You know, or something like that. Like that tends yeah. to be my, you know, more my experience. Um, so yeah, so just uh, let's start. It, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of the differences between uh, Dark Souls One PvP and Dark Souls Two uh, PvP. Do you have any um, kind of general statements about that? I have one huge statement about that. I'd say, and this is going to bother a lot of people probably, but I would honestly say that Dark Souls PvP is worse than Dark Souls Two PvP. Hmm despite the fact that the majority of people will disagree on that. Reason being, uh, with Dark Souls 1 PvP, yes, there are a huge, huge variety of techniques you can do, and that is a fantastic thing. The dead angling, the reverse rolls, the burrito combos, they're all wonderful (laughs) little PvP techniques. 
And over half of the PvP techniques in Dark Souls 1 are glitches. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, yeah. That's honestly really not that good of a thing. And, you know, once you know the game, once you get that right poise and use the right weapons, you know, there's really not an easy way to counter that. In Dark Souls 2, there, it seems to me that there's always a way to counter everything. Guaranteed. Compared to yeah, Dark so Souls you, 1, I mean... You see less of the um, the kind of people relying on, on one build because it, it kind of quickly gets countered. Sorry, I, like the, what I'm kind of hearing you saying, is there maybe like a more kind of a dynamic meta to it? I would say that there is probably more of a, dyna- more of a dynamic meta, definitely. Yeah. I mean, just looking back on the past couple of months with Dark Souls 2, we've gone through... Oh, let me see. There was Santir's Spear. That was a big thing for a while. Yep. <laughs> after it was finally discovered. Uh, <laughs> big thing right off the bat was Pyromancy. Yeah. So that was the first big meta, and that was really show, shown in uh, Mr. Manpants' video. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but his video uh, titled Get Good. Pyromancy mm-hmm. was the big, big thing at first. Then we yeah. had Santir Spear, as I said. Katanas, of course, always. Straight swords are becoming a huge thing now. Uh, Chariot Dude, infinite stun-locking combos. Those were big for a while. Yeah. Red Iron Windblade, Red Iron Twin Blade. Honestly, we've had about seven to eight huge metas that really took over. And, mm-hmm. I mean, considering how long the game has been out, that's a lot. Yeah. And that churn so. isn't due to any anything that From is doing, right? This is just the... Oh, it's kid- definitely got everything to do with fr- what From is doing. Okay. When they do their balancing patches, they balance one thing and unbalance another. Okay. Hmm. Oh, and the yeah. Mastodon Helix setup. Can't forget that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that helix is great. The uh, or the helix halberd. The um, yeah, it's it's interesting too because it, it since it feels like this. I know there were a lot of kind of adjustments to Dark Souls One, um, as it came out, but for the from for Dark Souls Two, uh, seems to be really focusing on that PvP balance. Like a lot of the the patch notes and stuff seem to be answering things specifically uh, from that, which is just really interesting. Like it is constantly evolving. As yeah, and considering how it seems like from and hate they hate invaders this time around, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting that they are fixing and altering so many things that really affect PvP. The uh, the thing that I noticed um, one of the big differences between Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Two as far as PvP goes is that um, the addition of the kind of dueling covenants um, yeah. and the uh, the red soapstone. Um, you know, kind of coming a little bit earlier as opposed to being kind of hidden in the, the painted world um, yes. is that it's more about like they, they don't hate uh, PVP. They hate invasions, you right. know, or they, yeah. they want to discourage invasions, but they want you to be it's like, it's easier for me in Dark Souls 2 to get a PVP match. And that's partly because of like net code and connectivity and everything. And but also because you can opt in. servers. Yeah. 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 Our fake dedicated servers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, part of it is just that uh, the infrastructure is there. You know, it doesn't have yes. to happen as if it's in the wild. Yeah. Um, you know, so if I go to the, you know, the Rat Bros or if I go to the uh, the Brotherhood of Blood, like I can more or less always get a match if I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Like as somebody who kind of passively experiences PvP, like there's markedly less of it because I'm not actively seeking it out. In Dark Souls 1, it was mostly, I hate to trivialize this word, non-consensual insofar as it would come and find you wherever you were mm-hmm. at. 
right? Whereas, yeah. where, whereas it seems more institutionalized in Dark Souls 2. Yeah, I do definitely agree with that. It definitely is more of a organized structure as far as being invaded is concerned with the fact that, you know, as you invade as a Brotherhood of Blood member, your rank as a sinner increases. That, mm-hmm. in turn, increases how often you're invaded by Arbiters, which is a good system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's interesting, too, like, how few invasions happen in the wild, too. Like, uh, I didn't get invaded by anyone until New Game Plus. Yeah, because um, I think that uh, that's fairly common. Uh, it is very incredibly common. And I'd have yeah. to say the reason for that would definitely be the fact that once you get to New Game Plus, you can actually buy the eye orbs. Mm-hmm. Mm. That lets people, you know, not spend their time in the arena yeah. for uh, yeah. the Brotherhood of Blood. And that means you have more sinners. And yeah. that means you have more arbiters to go after those sinners. And and a lot of people do the I have to round up and kill every NPC before the end of the game thing. So you acquire all that sin and that sin carries over. Yeah. Yep. From from new game to new game plus that specific that kind of sense. Yep. It's interesting to see the way that the single player campaign evolved too, because I feel like uh I mean I don't feel like I know Dark Souls two has many, many more red phantom NPC invaders, like computer controlled yeah. invaders. Yes. And Without that's a been a really it, interesting focus especially in the dlc uh the way that they've tried to emulate um actual pvp so you know you're unlikely your first time through the game to get invaded by a human but they have these computer experiences that are trying to emulate what that's like yeah and um, some of them do a really good job i'd have to say <laughs> yeah and yeah. there's some of my favorite encounters in the, in the game are, are those especially yeah. in uh iron crown yeah oh yes great. when that one uh runs down that spiral staircase <laughs> yeah yeah, that, that yeah. is that is amazing. Yeah, it's it's an interesting mirror to kind of that intentionality that you alluded to, Andrew. Like the fact that yeah. they got rid of all those glitches so that the strategies are kind of baked in and accounted for, right? Similarly, yeah. most of the quote unquote PvP people are going to experience in their first go through the game is actually placed strategically by the uh, by by the development team to give you something that approximates another player. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty neat. Like it is. Like I, I'm a fan, but it's also it's interesting to hear you say that you like the Dark Souls Two PvP more because, you know, as you as you mentioned, like that's not a popular opinion. Um, but for me, as somebody who's kind of dips my toe in it, I'm pretty into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like yeah, how it's optional a good it is. system. Yeah. Uh, it's more simplistic in a way because there are less te- techniques, but the ones that do exist aren't glitches. They're intentional. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. meant to right. be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it becomes more about you kind of like learning the moveset and learning your, your weapon and everything as opposed to mastering, you know, like those, uh, the, what is it, the whatever the backwards roll is? The, the reverse roll, yes. Yeah, the reverse roll. Like, I never got the, the hang of that in Dark Souls 1, and if I went up against somebody who knew it really well, that, you know, didn't didn't bode well for me. Right. Um, I mean, it wasn't the, the re- end-all, be-all even in Dark Souls 1 because it was just a fancy little trick. It gave you a couple more invincibility frames, if I recall correct, but nothing really noticeable to, in most cases. <laughs> And in it, fact, actually, a, if you, uh, sorry, but if you just take a step backwards when someone was doing it at you and press R1, you you mm-hmm. are always going to backstab them. <laughs> so it got people the, into uh, trouble more often than they'd realize. But if you're just a, a dilettante in it, like, you, it's hard to kind of get that muscle memory of like, oh, I need to counter this with this. Yeah. You know, right. if, you're, if you're fighting mostly people in the wild or just occasionally uh, doing it. One of the, the big things I like about Dark Souls 2 PvP, though, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, is the the way that the Covenants take advantage of it, I think, is a lot stronger. Um, let's talk just a little bit about the different uh, PvP Covenants in the game and, and how those work or don't work uh, okay. in the case of uh, the Blue Sentinels mostly. Like, I've, <laughs> have, you, um, have you encountered a Blue Sentinel working the way it's supposed to? 
Uh, what do you mean exactly? Um, somebody in the the Covenant of the Meek, the uh, the Order of Blue, or what have you, um, ah, getting yes. invaded, and then you getting in, uh, summoned as a, a Blue Sentinel. I have not been summoned as one, but I've fought many who have been summoned as mm. one. Okay. I've seen it numerous times. In fact, I saw it earlier today when I was watching a stream. Cool. Yeah, I wish I had I'd seen that. Like, for me, the Blue Sentinels exist mostly so I can kill Terragray and get his armor. Because <laughs> uh, it's, you know, super awesome fashion souls. Like, it looks great. Uh, yeah. And it hides whatever pants you're wearing. So if you want to wear the Jester's pants, um, you can steal that armor. And then you can get your fall control pants and not look like a clown. Um, I'm yeah. way into that for fashion souls purposes. Yeah. But so yeah, the the uh, the blue sentinels, as we mentioned, um, that's a really cool idea, and it it really does speak to that overall philosophy of uh, they want to cut down or have ways to deal with uh, you know interruptive or uh, you know non consensual invasions. Gankers, yeah, yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just. It's so annoying when that happens. It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> like, like when you when you invade somebody and they and they bring some help, and then they have a babysitter show up. Yeah, <laughs> when a blue babysitter shows up, early. you uh, you don't you're yeah. not too happy about it in most cases. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's a, it's a nice wrinkle though because you kind of give up being in a more you give up being in a more useful covenant in order to get the ability to have a babysitter. Right. So true. in a lot of ways, you are admitting a, a certain amount of defeat um but uh you're you know for that trade-off you actually get some help right you get the you get the yeah. blue police the boys in blue yeah that's right? not a bad thing yeah yeah and, and a ring slot yeah. so everybody who's kind of to give up a ring slot in order for it to actually bring the person in mm-hmm. yeah for, for either end so it's it's this weird little nod to like role-playing yeah you know yeah. like you're giving up a mechanical advantage and you're getting a, a concrete mechanical like play experience but you're also giving up you know an objective advantage to be this role in the world you know and like Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things i think that dark souls 2 does much better than dark souls 1 is the covenants actually feel like they have a role in the world Mm -hmm. you know like what was the princess Uh, guard in dark souls 1 like they guarded the princess but like they yeah exactly (laughs) it was like the worst covenant didn't make any sense um but this one i feel like every covenant has something unique (laughs) that all being said about how they feel like they've got more of a role in the world they honestly kind of don't because the way you can go back and forth between covenants like there's no tomorrow even Mm. if you don't leave the covenant officially you can just exit the covenant by going and joining another one right away Mm -hmm. there's no punishment for it there's nothing yeah and it doesn't bar you from being in other covenants which i think that it should i mean you shouldn't be able to go from being a brotherhood of blood member to a blue sentinel right away Mm mm-hmm yeah. Right. Unless you're I mean, playing like the long con, and you're you're just doing it to like stab other blue sentinels in the back. Like I, mean, cool I did it if... at first just so I could buy uh, holy water urns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How awesome would it be if there was like a corrupted blue sentinel ring, and you could wear it, and when another blue sentinel got summoned to protect somebody, you got summoned in as like a purple phantom to <laughs> to guard the red phantom from the the blue phantom. Um, I think you, it would be you getting a bit too hectic at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do I attack? Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot, lots of phantoms, but uh, <laughs> that, that's real fun. And then uh, I noticed that for um, for your videos, like a lot of them are just kind of in the standard PvP zones, you know? Uh, you yeah, did, more or less. Which which is good, like because you're you're kind of doing a control group to test a weapon. Like, have you have you got a lot of experience with the uh, the kind of PvP funhouse zones? Like, so the either the two rat areas or the the bell bellkeeper area. I loved the bellkeeper area. I do. Um, not a big fan of the rat areas, but the bellkeeper areas, when the game first came out, 
I loved them, and I knew what they would become. I knew it. <laughs> I said it in one of my videos, what would happen to them, and I was right. It became the new forest, yeah. inhabited by gankers, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, anybody who's complaining about the lack of ganking does like forgets that it's just consigned to that one place, or those two places, rather. Yeah, yeah. for gankers not even, by gankers. Not even both of them. Yep. It's mostly Belfry Luna, actually. Yep. Oh. I rarely see gankers in Seoul. <laughs> the the optional boss from Sunken King. So those are your gankers. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, I sold that boss. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that that is that was a hilarious. Like, this is one of the things we keep saying in the season. Is like Dark Souls Two is funnier than Dark Souls One. <laughs> and the first <laughs> time is. I ran into those bosses, like I was like, that that's pretty good, guys. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, um, although nothing beats the very first time you walked through that little pond for lack of a better term right right by firelink shrine mm-hmm. and you heard mm-hmm. snoring <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is that, that is excellent <laughs> the uh the uh the rap rows like i ended up kind of liking just because it's so goofy mm-hmm. which i could also see like if you're yeah. super serious about pvp you don't like that about it but for me where i'm like i don't you know i'm not that invested in my my win loss race here or anything like that like i thought it was a really fun twist on the formula mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the one thing with the, the bell keepers too is like having that bell there and, and having to guard the bell. I always was expecting more organized kind of like capture the flag style thing. Like, you know, oh, you're going to no. try to get to the bell and some people are going to try to stop you from getting there. And like, but that, ne- that never actually materialized. But I always wondered if that no. was the intention. No, it's yeah. a stop the person from getting to the bell at all costs. Sort <laughs> yeah. Of thing. Or stop them from like continuing to live at all costs. Yeah. Like just, you know, that's, just get them. Uh, that's the same thing, essentially, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> yeah. Well, dead men ring no bells. That's how yeah. the saying, saying I mean, goes. If you just cut their hamstrings, they won't be able to walk to the bell, but you can keep them alive. But yeah. they'll try and crawl, so you just need to make them stop in general. Yeah. You just you just put the, the bells up on a high shelf. Yep. Ah. <laughs> and, then, and then just lock them in a misery-esque uh, mansion of... Of sadness. Why does everything go back to misery? Ah, because it's a great movie. I know, right? Yeah, it's a it's a useful reference. Like whenever anyone gets hobbled, I can't I can't see or think about hobbling without thinking of Kathy Bates. Yeah, hobbling a guy. Mm. Another terrible T-shirt, hobble goblin. It's Kathy Bates. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, dressed up as the. Uh, you know, we we have this idea for for this terrible T-shirt company where it's just like all the worst pun T-shirts, and then we would just make it and and make money off it. But we we don't like the T-shirts; they're just dumb puns. So the yeah. name of the company is Terrible Shirts for You Assholes, and and we we probably wouldn't make it because it'd be really mean. <laughs> right. yeah, it's just it's a running joke. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. stop us from dreaming. Yeah, yeah, we're just goofing, just yeah. goofing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the, I like how the, uh, with the, the blue sentinels with the dueling areas though, I love how that's just kind of set up continuously. Um, most of the PVP I've done in the game has been for the, uh, the Blo- brotherhood of blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause there's no item requirement. You just pop in. Right. That's, that's you know. one really annoying thing about the blue sentinels that I don't really think is a good thing. Um, I don't know. I honestly think that there should be a regular orb. A regular mm-hmm. invasion orb for each covenant. That's, yeah. you know, that's my Honestly, opinion I'm on it. Really surprised that there isn't, because isn't, isn't the cost when you can buy the uh, cracked blue eye orbs? Isn't it like pretty prohibitive? Uh, it's 10k per orb. Same for yeah. buying a red. Yeah. yeah, that's expensive. It is, and you know, at soul level 150, which was our supposed meta when we first got started with this game <laughs> for PvP, mm-hmm. uh, 
when you kill someone else who is at level 150, you don't get enough souls to cover the cost of an orb. Huh. Yeah, that, that sucks. You get about 3,000 souls. So when you say the supposed meta, like, uh, I've always been laboring under the assumption that 150 is the target. Has that changed? Am I belying a profound amount of ignorance here? I still prefer 150, but because the game and the matchmaking system is soul memory based and not soul level based, mm-hmm. a level 150 can fight an 838. Hmm. Hmm. That's not unreasonable, and I've done it. It's not enjoyable <laughs> yeah. either for that re- <laughs> the record. Uh, but we that should probably. Being said, uh... I don't like losing sight of, you know, what my build actually is. I like the idea of having a specific build for a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And if I keep leveling, then it's not a build. Yeah. Yeah, the jack of all trades. Yeah. 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 And, and master, master of, of them all. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to be the jack and master of all trades. The uh, jack master is what they call me. It's gross. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, we should probably talk about a little bit about soul memory because we haven't uh, brought that up. Yes. Because it's not that relevant to, or it's not relevant at all to PvE. Um, but that's, uh, can you kind of just summarize that difference between Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2? Soul memory sucks. Done. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, it's a good system. And hear me out on this, because a lot of people, <laughs> when I say it's a good system, they'll immediately be like, oh, nope, not listening. You're wrong. Totally <laughs> wrong. So level best level. <laughs> no. It's a good system for a time. Now, my personal belief is that soul memory would be best if it only affected new game. Mm. Because what soul memory was done, what... The reason Soul Memory was done, what it was done to accomplish, is to cut down on people taking advantage of lower levels and (laughs) people who are new at the game. Well, (laughs) I mean, it does that job. It does that job really well. The only people who are able to take advantage of low levels now are those who, uh, you know, use a mule or use a save editor. Right. (laughs) So that's... I mean, that's still a lot of people, yeah. but with soft banning, uh, that's taking care of a lot of that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but... when when you outlaw SL-based PvP, only outlaws will have SL-based PvP. <laughs> that is, is true. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cole, Cole, Cole just said a really confusing sentence, but he was... He he just had that turn of phrase in his head and had to say it. Yep. The, <laughs> the, uh, no, nothing we, could we, stop me. We understand what you mean, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we do. Um, yeah. so, so I like so, what you're proposing because it would actually add a lot of import to, to New Game Plus, right? Like, yes. It already changes so much. There would be a real so reason much. for going there. And that would make it even more of a, you know, they tried to give New Game Plus a big focus for PvP with how... Uh, how you're able to get the orbs and how you're able to buy them mm-hmm. compared to having to earn them in the uh, arenas or farming. Um, they really did that. And, you know, I'm really surprised from software didn't do it the way that I'm saying it personally. I think how it should be done mm-hmm. because of that. Uh, I mean, they knew we had a meta for dark souls. We had a meta for demon souls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People like to stay around that level and it let you invade a good range people who were around the similar level right it wasn't necessarily a similar skill level which it is supposedly supposed to be with soul memory because that's what they said it would be but that's clearly not it either (laughs) Mm. so um yeah honestly 
Or go ahead. If it didn't affect uh, if it didn't affect it past new game, I'd be very happy with that. But yeah. oh well. It's an interesting idea. Like it, it is. It, it reminds me. It's like um, it's like a bazooka to you know for a fly. Like it is a huge solution to a problem that like solves it, but also causes some other problems. Yes. Um, you know, because it it makes a sense, but what it does gameplay wise is one, um, it discourages that kind of experimentation. Like if you have a level uh, one fifty uh, soul, you know, soul level character, um, you know, and you decide you want to try to play a different build or you just want to wear different equipment, leveling up that equipment, getting those souls and everything counts towards your soul memory, so that's going to boost your soul memory, um, and then. Uh, uh, Two, like, I think that the, the proposed thing that I saw was, like, what if it just took into account the equipment you were wearing, you know? That would like, be and interesting. That way, you know, that way you don't have the uh, the people, you know, low level, you know, just buying huge equipment. You know, you could say it would be based on, you know, equipment and level, like, kind of an amalgamation of those two things. And maybe that would get people more matched. Um, what's happened to me, and when I was sitting down to kind of do some PvP practice for the game, is that most of my uh, guys who, you know, my... my PVE characters, their soul memory is way too high to reliably get, you know, most matches. Um, and except for those ones you mentioned where, like, because once you get to that roof, it's just everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, there's that like, huge, huge gulf that's like, I, I don't know the number, it's like 150 million or what have you. But 150 million to 999 million <laughs> are all the same tier. Uh, uh, it's so. not 150, it's actually 45, if I recall, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, it, it, is, it is shockingly low, though. Because, um, you know, going through the game and doing the DLCs, like, you're going to get a pretty hefty soul memory, especially if you do any weapon yeah. experimentation. And, um, you know, honestly, uh, sorry to interrupt, but when they changed soul memory, because they did change it, yeah. they added more <laughs> uh, levels to it, more breakpoints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When they changed it from 15 as the max to 45, that was a good thing and a bad thing. Because mm-hmm. um, when you were at 15, you could still fight a lot of people. You could still fight people who have, I think, 3 million soul memory, which is a little bit after you get to New Game Plus. That's like the perfect range. Mm-hmm. When they changed that, it separated the community even more. And really didn't help out competitive PvP at all. That's yeah, what the soul it, memory system truly did. It sort of ended competitive PvP. Yeah, yeah. It it seems like it's it's a bummer because it's a, it's a cool idea that just wasn't executed perfectly. Right. Um, yeah. So, and I think it's probably the one of the one of the biggest changes in in the Dark Souls two uh, PvP, and it's definitely the one that I I read people kind of grouse about the most, um, justifiably. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because it took away a part of the game they liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I respect it, that. It really Even if it's not, it's not like the what generally why I play the games, but it's also something that I can appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh, builds. I know that you've got a series of uh, videos up about different kind of bow themed uh, builds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My bow yeah, builds. Let, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about those, those builds, and then also just some kind of popular uh, different kinds of builds that are, are current in Dark Souls Two. No. Okay. Sure. Sure. No. Uh, so my bow builds. Uh, what exactly do you want to know about them? Uh, I mean, like you I mean, just want to give like a like brief, like a general rundown of what uh, you know what you're setting out to do and what the kind of philosophy is behind the you know the the prominent ones. I was told I couldn't do it, so I proved <laughs> them wrong. That's literally it. That is why I started doing a bow build. 
In Dark Souls 1, <laughs> one of my friends said, you cannot do that. It will not work. You are going to just die so much. <laughs> so I did it. Yeah. And it was surprisingly easy because you have... Uh, the first one I did was a bow cleric. Uses a bow and uses miracles. And, you know, with miracles, there's a lot of area of effect attacks, area of effect miracles. Yeah. So it let me do some zoning with them, and I was able to pick off people from range. People didn't want to get close, so I hit them when they were far. <laughs> it honestly was stupidly easy to do. <laughs> Even without Wrath of the Gods, I was still able to successfully do it. And I swept a fight club back in Dark Souls 1. I swept through like a nine-person fight club and got to the host of it, waited around with him for like half an hour, and he couldn't get anyone else in. So I fought him and killed him too. <laughs> how much of that success has to do with the fact that people don't really know how to react to it? Because I could see a All fight of it. club be okay. <laughs> <cool>. All of it. Because <laughs> if I was invaded by a bow guy, I wouldn't know what the fuck. Yeah, that's how it was with Dark Souls One. No one knew how to counter it, and that was pretty much it. With Dark Souls Two, since I started remaking the bow builds, uh, well, and first off, in Dark Souls One, I had the bow cleric, I had the hotshot pyromancy and bow, and the sharpshooter intelligence and bow so i decided to get a little bit uh punny with my names for them mm -hmm. yeah. but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh when i moved them to dark souls 2 i quickly found that they were even more overpowered in a way than they used to be simply mm -hmm. due to the fact that you can move around well you have the arrow drawn yeah that yeah. helped out the mobility of them a lot it helped me save my stamina and uh there are a lot more area of effect spells in Dark Souls 2 than there were in Dark Souls 1, mm -hmm. it seems. Yeah. So Especially with hexes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that led me to add a new bow build, a shot in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting the way, like, because there's, like, a concentrated effort, it feels like, in Dark Souls 2 to make... Uh, more of those um, niche builds kind of viable yeah. Um, for both PvE and PvP. And you, right. you can definitely see that in the way they changed, uh, changed bows. Um, yeah, and it's... Uh, what, uh, so what is the... Uh, right now, what is the, the giant dad or what is the thing you always see you're, you're more, the, more likely to be invaded by, most likely? I would have to say it still would either be katanas or straight swords, mm. but... Mm. The thing that I dread seeing the most is the Red Iron Wind Blade. I mean, the Red Iron Twin Blade. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> The Red Iron Twin Blade. That thing, mm -hmm. it did not need as much of a buff as it was given. I actually mm -hmm. uh, was recording a showcase on it the day before it was buffed. Ooh. And I won 90% of the fights. <laughs> and then it had its... Attack rating increased, its weight decreased, and stamina usage decreased. Mm -hmm. It went from yeah. having around 340 attack rating to 520, which is more than a Zweihander for me. Yeah, that's mm. really crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. And it's, it, you know, the regular Twin Blade is pretty garbagey. Like, that is hard to use. And I wasn't against Twin Blades in general. Yeah. Getting a little bit of a buff, but that one probably did not. No, it did, did not, not need, need it at all yeah. in any way. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, so do you have um, like you know possibly aside from that, um, do you have like uh, what are like some some favorite weapons or kind of surprising uh, weapons you found or something that you think is really good that people are probably not on people's radar? Um, that Honestly, you can, you can my favorite weapon at the moment. Uh, I don't have a favorite weapon. <laughs> I, I don't have a favorite weapon in this game. I have tried to pick one, and I just cannot do it. Uh, reason being, there's really not much in the way of unique move sets, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that kind of kills it for me a little bit. Uh, if I had to choose one that I've been liking a lot recently, it would actually be the Helix Halberd. Uh, reason being, after it was patched, after it was nerfed, uh, and the Mastodon Helix setup was no longer a thing, mm-hmm. people stopped using it. Now, mm-hmm. they never realized the only thing about it that was actually nerfed was its power stance moves. That The weapon itself was not nerfed really at all. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, I'm still regularly hitting over a thousand damage on people. <laughs> mm-hmm. With yeah. just a single a... R2 attack, and people don't realize it's still such a good weapon. It's got that's the one. It's got the real specific uh, sweet spot. Uh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, it's the uh, as it was called on one of my streams, the bat-looking pokey stick. Yeah, <laughs> and it upgrades it's, with shiny rocks. Is that um? Was the sweet spot thing? Was that that's much more prominent in Dark Souls two, or is that my imagination? Oh no, that that did not even exist in Dark Souls one. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. It's I couldn't a very nice mechanic, in my opinion. I think it's fantastic, personally. Was it a thing in Demon Souls? Because I remember reading about that, like that there was uh, something like that. It essentially was a thing in Demon Souls. There were. Um... Oh, I'm forgetting the word. <laughs> there was the, there was a ring in Demon Souls that boosted its effect too. It was, yeah. I believe, the Master's Ring. That sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, it was uh, it was a direct hit, a direct hit. System. Oh, mm. yeah, there we go. Yeah, the direct hit system. Yeah. Yeah, I that's right. I knew it would come to me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Have you uh, done anything with? Or, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go on. Go on. I was just going to say, uh, Cole, have you had very much experience with that mechanic? Like, it doesn't seem like it comes up all that often in, in PvE because you're not aiming for it. And because mm-hmm. you end up, you can, the tactics you have to use are so different um, that, it, like, I know it's present in PvE. And sometimes you're like, oh, I just did tons of damage. I wonder why. Yeah. But it's not, uh, it's something that you don't plan for as much, I feel like. Yeah, it kind of feels like a bonus. It's a freebie. Um, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never dove too deep into a particular weapon to like really get a feel for it um for you know for how to achieve that like in an intentional way um Mm -hmm. and i'm you know admittedly so dog shit at pvp that most of the time i'm just fighting (laughs) to um you know hold my own and uh, keep the fight going that um i'm not really operating at the level where i'm putting myself in the optimal position to uh you know to, to actually get those gains right yeah yeah. yeah, I have a, I have a real tendency to win on accident. Yeah, if I play uh, play PvP, do you have any like um, Andrew? Since you've done a lot of it, do you have any kind of general uh, tips and tricks? Uh, uh, it, you're going to see in Dark Souls two a lot of people when they use great swords, they will uh, spam the R two attacks a bit, the one handed R two attack, the thrust, then spin around, mm-hmm. um, block and parry, just mm. block and then hit parry. You'll get it every time. Mm-hmm. Other than that, just watch your stamina. Stamina is king in this game. 
It always has been, always will be, but even more so now because of the guard break mechanic. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, just be patient with it. Dark Souls 2 really, really encourages a more patient playstyle than Dark Souls 1 did, and not necessarily a more... uh, I guess it's not necessarily a more patient playstyle, but a more uh, reactive as opposed to proactive playstyle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I could, but, I, could, I could definitely see that. Yeah. And then probably just practice like crazy. Yes, practice always helps. Yeah. Um, keep in mind what weapons are unparryable. <laughs> because that can get you into trouble a lot of the time if you don't know. Uh, as a general rule of thumb, never parry a two-handed great hammer, great axe, mm-hmm. or ultra great sword. <laughs> never trying to parry because although some of their attacks can be parried mm-hmm. the majority of them cannot when the consequences are so much more dire if you miss it yeah or if yes. you're wrong <laughs> yes so, yeah 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 yeah, yeah that, def- that definitely makes sense mm-hmm. um and then just kind of like wrapping up uh this part of the the talk um do you have any kind of like uh favorite areas that you like for pvp or kind of like tricks that you've learned using the environment um, one of the things I like so much about kind of non-structured, you know, non-arena, non-fight club PvP, and I get a lot of this from just kind of watching YouTube videos, um, is the way that you can use the environment or the specific structure of the level uh, to your right. advantage or disadvantage, as it were. Um, do you have any kind of, like, memories or specific uh, specific highlights on that subject? Yeah. Um, I have one specific memory that I'd like to share with that, uh, and it really is applicable anywhere. If you uh, are being stunned and, you know, you have your back to a wall and you're, you know, being hit and then bouncing back off the wall, GG, <laughs> just set the controller down because you are infinitely stunned if you have your back to the wall oh. and the person has a fast enough weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. As far as favorite areas to invade, though, honestly, um I would have to say that my favorite area to invade in this game would probably be either the Lost Bastille or Earthen Peak. Hmm. Or not Earthen Peak, hmm. Harvest Valley, Harvest Valley, the yeah. Mines Bonfire specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know, I just I like I like the way that those areas look, I guess. This is what it comes yeah. down to. And yeah. you know, when you're in the Lost Bastille, chances are uh, I invade from McDuff's bonfire quite frequently. Hmm. So chances are when you spawn, when invading from that bonfire, you spawn up along that path that's up those stairs past the big guy with his uh, <laughs> great machete sort of thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's that barrel up there that explodes. Mm-hmm. He's called Darkman. Yes, he is called Darkman. Dark, Dark, yeah, Darkman is his name. Or the shadow. Uh, <laughs> We've never quite got that. but Yeah, uh, yeah that, that guy was immortal for me once, actually. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. I, uh, I got invaded by someone, and I was going up there to kill the guy, and he just wasn't taking damage. I was using <laughs> I was using the giant warrior club, and I was pancaking him, and he just didn't take damage. And I knocked him off the cliff, and he fell and didn't die. You found a forever he's, dark man. He's, he's, a, hard, he's a hacker. <laughs> yeah. I, I entered the hardest mode of the game that night. <laughs> um, but I like bringing that barrel down with me towards the bonfire when I'm fighting, just because I like using it to kill people when they get low on health just Mm -hmm. throw a firebomb at it and explode everything totally worth it yeah 
Having but, kind of instructable or destructible environments also just like add some spice to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can do the the kind of okay, we're gonna be on the the bridge, you know, and that's the 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 Smash Brothers Final Destination no items version. Or Box you only. can go somewhere where there's yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly. Or you can go somewhere where there's kind of elevation changes and destructible environments and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That is a little bit a little bit more open. That, that is one thing I have noticed about Dark Souls 2 that it sometimes, depending on the weapon, did better than Dark Souls 1, sometimes did worse. Uh, when you're fighting on stairs, when you're mm-hmm. fighting on different elevations, some attacks actually track and angle down towards your opponent, some ones just go straight out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. You know, they, they, they just follow whatever you're It's not difficult of a thing to make it actually, you know, go along the plane you are on. Mm-hmm. Mm. But for yeah. some reason... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, we've got some kind of uh, some people wrote in with some PvP either prompts or stories. Okay. Um, are you are you able to, to stick around and we'll we'll kind of read these and then react to them? Oh Sounds yeah, like sure. It's kind of a wrap up thing. Sounds like cool. a great time. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll go ahead and get started here with Franz. Um, he kind of starts off, uh, you know, uh, kind of bracing us for a negative thing he's going to say about <laughs> us, <laughs> um, but then also says there's something that bothered him uh, that we said in our previous uh, PvP specials, and he says. Um, I find these games to be pretty difficult. For some encounters, I need to prepare, to farm, and in the case of Dark Souls 1, to sacrifice some hard-earned resources to become human. Since I only have time during the evenings, this can take up to a week for preparation, and then some asshole appears and one-shots me in the back. Uh, you guys tell me that it's okay to do that because the developers put it in the game. Uh, first, you're talking about the same developer that thought the Gaping Dragon would be a fun fight. Second, it's never okay to ruin someone else's fun on purpose. The only ways you can do that is either because you lack empathy for the victim or you enjoy other people's humiliation and suffering. Um, Which one is it? Uh, Psychopathy or sadism? Um, to make matters worse, you guys—this this is harsh—to make matters yeah. worse, you guys claim that it's not that important and that I should let it go. Do you realize how that sounds? You ruined a week of—we didn't do it, guy. Um, you ruined a week of uh, preparations and my fun in the game, and it wasn't even important to you. This is the almost super villain level of bullying. For you, it was the day I killed your family. For me, it was Tuesday. So please, go ahead terrorizing other players and ruining their games if you must. I can't stop you. But don't pretend it's anything other than sadist bullying. Yeah. So, so you realize we're not we're not <laughs> PvP guys. Like we weren't doing we're, that to you, we're, buddy. We're, we're taking we're taking a blase attitude toward it, though, right? Yeah. Like this is like, yeah. this you know this is responding to schoolyard bullying by saying, "Oh, boys will be boys." But like yep. it's it's for as much as we don't want to trivialize bullying because it's a shitty thing. Yep. Like yep. I I enjoyed doing it in Dark Souls One because people did it to me. I hazed yeah. <laughs> freshmen. Be, I hazed freshmen when I was a senior because I was hazed by seniors when I was a freshman. You know, Wait, what so, did, how did you? Is that true? Did you haze freshmen? Uh, and show choir, you know, called them, called them fuckers. No, not really. When you no. start show choir, so some senior is going to call you a fucker. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not really. No, but oh, I mean, okay. just uh, like I'm using that as a uh, as a metaphor, right? I'm continuing the bullying yeah. thing from high school. Yeah. Yeah. When you're invading. A lot of the time, you will try and be as big of a dick as possible mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so you can get hate mail. It's a thing, yeah, we, we, hunting we for hate mail. Well. Like yeah. the, uh, Jeremy, our, our you know past guest and uh, future you know uh, collaborator who does the Dark Souls Haters blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar, Andrew, but that's, a, that's really great. And that's just a collection of hate mail yeah. from Dark Souls, and it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good one the other week. Uh, actually, the other month now. I... 
was streaming and I invaded it was in Dark Souls 2 I invaded the Sinner's Rise and I fought this guy and his phantom man Lucatiel mm-hmm. he had her summoned and I was actually on the boat cleric at the time mm-hmm. and I won I mm-hmm. scared one guy I spooked him and he ran off the edge I used force to knock Lucatiel off the edge and I chased the other guy back and he trapped himself up in a corner and I didn't let him out <laughs> so he sent me hate mail, swearing and this and that and the other thing. I was on my adventure build. <laughs> my adventure build. <laughs> it's an RP yeah. server. <laughs> so um, I proceeded to invade him and kill him and his friend three more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, that's just it. Random invasions are random. Mm-hmm. People yeah. don't exactly get that all the time. And, you know, it's not like we choose who we invade. But if we can invade the same people after hate mail, mm-hmm. it just makes it even sweeter. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is an outlook thing, but for me, whenever I've been invaded and somebody is, you know, just completely ruined by night, it's never been anything that I took entirely too seriously. In fact, usually it gives me a story to tell and I just kind of laugh. But I'm not coming from the same position that Franz is coming from. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, clearly. Like, he, you know, uh, he had to prepare a week to get good. Yeah, well, to get the, yeah, I think he's just talking about getting humanity, which like mm-hmm. yeah. you know he's far or he's farming for specific runs or something like that, which is like I th- I'm sympathetic to that. Like when I yeah. first started playing Dark Souls One, like I had a real problem with invasions, and I was like, what is this even in the game for? This is mm-hmm. nonsense. Um, I remember like very specifically, I told this story in the first season one, like getting invaded at the bottom of Blight Town, like a stone throw from the bonfire, mm-hmm. and yeah. being so mad because it had taken me so many tries to get there, um, but. At some point, I just kind of like, you know, that could have happened, or I could have gotten toxic by some rando guy. Like it just, it didn't just happen enough to make me that upset. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, to where like I just kind of got mm-hmm. got over it. I'm not trying to say like if this upset the you know, legitimately upsets you, Franz, which it seems like it from your email. Um, I'm not just trying to say like get over it, bro. Yeah. But it just it's it's a relatively. Well, it just didn't bother me that much, you yeah. know, like it just grew not to bother me, yeah. um, you know, and I get it. Like, I get why it does. But in Dark Souls 1, you know, you cannot go human, you know, and if you do go human, you should have help with you, which gives you a big advantage. In Dark right. Souls 2, you can burn that effigy at the bonfire and uh, and lower your, you know, moves you to the bottom of the invasion queue. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very unlikely yep. to get invaded. Um, so there kind of are mechanics in place to prevent it if you don't, yeah. you know, don't want to. If have you're it. going to be human then have a reason for it. If yeah. not, stay hollow. You don't get that much of a penalty for Dark Souls yeah. Warnesses that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, I get it. Like, I understand yeah. why, you know, why it's happening. But I also, I think that it's just like I came to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have any advice for it. Yeah. Um, but, and also, it's funny because you just keep saying, like, we're doing this and we're bowling you. Like, we're, we're totally not. We're just, you know, we mm-hmm. are just saying boys will be, you know, red phantoms will be red phantoms yeah. about it. Yeah. But we had to get there. Don't want so, blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped um, being upset by that by 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 gankers or people who would invade me. The same time, I stopped being upset when I just got killed with a large number of souls. Eventually, you lose that attachment, right? You have that moment, yeah. yeah. Where, that's, where that's essentially true. Once you lose your first million souls, your attachment's <laughs> yeah. gone. Yep, and then it's like oh, I remember. I remember very well. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of what the game is about, right? Like, mm-hmm. if if you want to get super English majory about Dark Souls, part of it is about losing the attachment to life and kind of dealing with death, mm-hmm. you know, and and what that's about, and like giving up on those resources or realizing that everything you have is transit, you know, transient, mm-hmm. um, and there's an impermanence. Everything, being. yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Transient, like transient curse, transient being. It is, uh, uh, you know, thematically fits into the lore with the kind of the, the cycling and the way that, you know, the themes of futility in the game and then also into the mechanics. You know, it's actually yep. like super elegant and it's it's something I like about the game mm-hmm. that you can never quite be sure that what you have is yours because somebody can come and take it from you yeah. at any time. Very true. Like, I, I actually think that's a real strength of the game, but I also was in your position and, you know, like sent this guy an Xbox message that said, please just let me get to the bonfire. <laughs> and he and he said no. And then <laughs> and then murdered me, um, yeah. which was, you know, in retrospect, cost me like almost nothing, even though I was very upset at the time. Yeah. Everybody has fun in their own way. The problem yeah. with invaders is the person they're invading might not want to have fun by being invaded. Yeah. But again, there's those they set up those systems to yep. to to ameliorate that if you'd like. Yep. So, you do want to read uh, Robin's statement? Uh, cool. Yes. So Robin writes in via contact saying, "I am hopeless at PvP." This is Robin, not me. Although I am hopeless at PvP. He continues, "I have an uncanny knack of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory whenever I invade or am invaded by others." So when I was yet again swiftly dispatched during another failed PvP invasion, I had to laugh when I received a message from my destroyer. Nice try, Buster. Buster? (laughs) Clearly, I'd invaded a 1920s bootlegger or something. But really, he'd given me far more credit than I actually deserved. (laughs) I I like the idea of gentle uh, hate mail. (laughs) Yeah. For for Dark Souls, as opposed to, you know, just using uh, slurs, like just... uh, (laughs) You yeah, know, slurs or memes. It's, just like get on the trolley. It's Hank Hill and Flanders exchanging Xbox <laughs> Live messages. Well, hey there, Mister. Yeah, hey, Mister. Mister Pants, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Mike says by contact. Uh, like a lot of people, when I played the first Dark Souls, my primary experience with online play was co-op. I mostly stayed hollow, but anytime I found myself confronted with a red aura, my first instinct was to run and die like a coward. Capra demons, basilisks, even bone wheels I could handle, but invaders represented some of the most frightening opponents of Dark Souls for me. I understood the elation of helping other players as a sunbro or having a friendly phantom give you an extra edge over a boss, but I could never comprehend why another player would want to kill someone trying to make headway into an already difficult game. So the sequel came along, I decided it was time for me to become what I'd feared most. So I did. I became a monster. Uh, invasions might have been might be more restrained in Dark Souls 2, but for me it was a chance to get creative. I mostly invaded in the Iron Keep, but after a few fairish bridge duels, I decided to get more devious. I loaded myself up with Lloyds and Silver Talismans, maxed out my number of Crows of Urns and Dung Pies, and equipped spells like Dark Fog. Rather than fight invades head-on, I tried to get ahead of them in the level and disguise myself. I spent countless minutes impersonating <laughs> vases uh, in enemy heavy rooms or near vital switches so I could ambush at critical moments. Um, I'd watch like as my this. victims. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch as my victims failed to chug Estus before being skewered by a critical, uh, or wait patiently for the HP to drop out from poison while they ran away. If they got the upper hand, I'd flee into mobs and hide again. Even as I write this, I can't help but think uh, This all says something awful and dark about my character, but I'm in too deep now to go back. Uh, Even when I lose and all my dirty tricks fail to take down a persistent player, I feel admiration for my opponent's resourcefulness rather than disappointment. Sometimes I think that what I uh, really enjoy is playing into the thesis of Dark Souls, that you throw vicious odds at a player and watch as they eventually overcome them. More likely, though, I'm just a shameless troll. Uh, But at least now, when I see that red aura pop up in my own world, I understand what it's all about. (laughs) I'm in too deep now to go back, Walter White. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) This train keeps rolling. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's I like, like that guy, though. I like that message. <laughs> yeah. The uh, it, and and when I the times the real dedicated PvP build I made in Dark Souls One did all kinds of dickheady things like mm-hmm. the the spells that and items that corrode equipment are just there to be assholes. Mm-hmm. Like it is just yeah. there to inconvenience people. Yep, <laughs> that is their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I went uh, I went AFK one time on stream and I didn't sit at a bonfire. Shame on me. <laughs> yep. I yep. never have done that again since. <laughs> yeah, you get to repair everything. Yeah, I was I was invaded by one of my friends too. That was the best part. I was in the call. I was in the Skype call with him, and he invaded me. And uh, it was it was Dark Project Mayhem. Oh, if hey. you're familiar, yeah, and yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, he is. He is. He uploaded the video of it to his channel and called it a battle of the uploaders. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah so so mike went from being like skeptical about everything about pvp to kind of the worst possible example of what people who hate gankers hate i really like yeah. that escalation like there was no half measure there yeah, yeah well he said he did much. a couple honor duels ah, okay but honor-esque uh but the iron keep is such a good place to fuck around with people just because the the collapsing platforms and yeah and all yeah, that jazz. That's a good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually, uh, sorry, but you reminded me of something that I've, I'd like to see done. Um, mm-hmm. So in the most recent DLC, I don't know if either of you have played it yet, have you? I have um, not, I but have. Gary has. I do not think Cole has, but I have. Okay. So there's that snowball that you roll down the hill, you know? Yeah. I want to yeah, see but... someone killed with that thing. <laughs> I, I bet I you it'll happen. I to see it. Yeah. Like not it's, it's on funny. myself, but I want to see yeah. it happen to either an invader or a host. I'm surprised three weeks hey. later we haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's funny because Cole Cole hasn't you know played the DLC, so all he knows is that like there's a giant snow dogs esque like <laughs> snowball you roll down a hill. Yeah, um, and it, it's That's it's a super fun know. DLC with tons of snow Boom. games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's full of snow games. So <laughs> it's it's like the beginning of Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Mm, yep. Like oh. everybody gets a bunch of snowballs in the beginning and it's really boring. <laughs> I like that reference. Oh, th- thanks, bud. Yeah. <laughs> good reference is good. <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks. Um, do you want to read uh, Alex's story? I haven't slept in days. Yes, right. Alex. <laughs> our, so, so, Alex, our friend uh, from the last episode, Alex Ike. Oh, hey. Hey, hey, Alex. hey, Alex. Yeah, he writes in via contact saying, My PvP story happened within the Iron Keep on the famed Summon Bridge. I dropped a red sign down and was summoned to quite possibly the most glorious Iron Keep possible. The bridge was lit up from prism stones, and there were so many that the Iron Keep turned into the Vegas Strip. The stones were organized in such a way uh, that, that it made a dueling arena on the bridge complete with a spectator section. Uh, I sat with numerous other red phantoms on the nosebleed seats as we waited for our turn to duel. Of course, a hovel noob uh, was then summoned and decided to use Dark Storm slash Affinity on the multiple phantoms in the spectator seats. Oh. Yeah, I never found that arena again. Since this incident, I have vowed to personally kill any and all Havel noobs in a massive Havel genocide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's no fun. I like, prove. I, <laughs> I, I like that he's he's on this vengeance quest, but like when you get summoned into something and it's goofy, uh-huh. like like take advantage of that. Yeah. Like that that is a blessing from 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 chance that like happens. Uh-huh. Like there's that Dark Souls one video with all the channelers dancing the Young Turks. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, I love that. Like I've if done that, that. Like if I have done that. that. 
<laughs> and that's like that's a great yeah. thing. Like if, if you you know if, if something like that happens, or if you invade somebody and they're dressed really goofy and they're doing something goofy, yeah, um, just go along with whatever fun they're having because that's not going to happen that often. <laughs> Unless they're a butterfly. <laughs> Yeah, unless yeah, they're, they're a butterfly. <laughs> Never trust a butterfly. the butterfly. <laughs> so somebody has gone to great effort to bring a little bit of whimsy and magic into your world, and you're going to go and dark storm a crowd. What yeah. are you doing? Like, it, yeah. do you have no heart? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Come on, come on, bad Havel. Sounds, the, that, honestly, that sounds like something that mayhem would do, though. To be perfectly, perfectly <laughs> yeah. honest. I mean, it's kind of funny what that Havel did, but not really. It is kind of. But it, but the way he would do it is it, he would be in some kind of theme get up. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's the that's way the Mayhem mode. does it. It's always yeah. the butterfly. Do you, yeah. actually, do you guys know how he got started with that? I don't know if he's ever told the story Mm-mm. of that on his channel. When, how okay, is that? this is my fault. <laughs> it's my fault. I unleashed the butterfly on the world. <laughs> that is a wonderful way to begin a story. I set Mothra free. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now Mayhem, he lives over in the UK. And they got the game three days later than we did over here in the U.S. As such, I had already been playing the game, and when I went to pick up my copy of it on day one, the dude who was at the store actually recognized me and gave me a copy of the guide so I could, you know, figure out where to get all the weapons. Hmm. So I was looking through and looking at the armors, because I didn't use it for the game itself. I just, you know, stuck to the back of the guide, looked at the armors and weapons. I was looking through the armors, and I saw the Moonlight Butterfly set. Mm-hmm. And, you know, throughout this time, I was, we were working on the Firelink channel. It's a small little thing. It's not very popular, and we've been on a bit of a hiatus from it. But it was a collaborative effort between myself, Mayhem, Mr. Manpants, Skies, and FPS Snake. And everyone who, you know, was playing the game, it was everyone of us except for Mayhem. Uh, we got him all excited and everything about this Moonlight Butterfly set. Saying how it was such an awesome looking set and it would be his thing and he would love it. <laughs> and, and it was and, 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 it, and he, he gets did. the Moonlight Butterfly set. We know what it is now. Yeah. But we yeah. just built his hopes up for it. And he was like, how do I get it? How do I get it? As soon as he got his hands on the game, he wanted that set. He wanted to see it. <laughs> so we told him how to get it. We told him to get some aesthetics and use them on the bonfire in Majula. And we were all on a call with him at the time. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> but British. <laughs> oh, toss off, he said. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that is one of my... I, I, just as a side note, I love all the equipment that actually has demonstrably different effects in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I actually love that set. And I love all the stories of, like, ghost town majulas from people who didn't understand that it just kills everyone around you. <laughs> yep. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Mayhem know, did that, that once as well. He accidentally uh, <laughs> killed someone. So, yep, their very presence causes poison. Um, the uh, so finally, just the last uh, story we have here from a listener is uh, Jason says, "Find contact, uh, my friends and myself in the fighting game community in uh, Montana, Minnesota. I'm guessing that is." Minnesota. Well, thank you. Um, we're pretty excited about the early days of Dark Souls 2 PvP, as it had many more of the trimmings of a deep fighting game. Think Virtual Fighter or King of Fighters. And was pretty satisfying until Soul Memory, OP builds, and then patch debuffs reared their heads. I eventually went back to ga- uh, Guilty Gear, but I think it was uh, Epic Name Bro who broke down the three games thusly. 
Demon Souls for lore, Dark Souls for PvE, and Dark Souls 2 for PvP. And I found mm-hmm. myself thinking more and more about that in relation to Dark Souls 2. I think maybe the developers were building the entire game in that light, that it would be more of a multiplayer experience which de-emphasized the PvE pleasures of the first two games in favor of boss-slash-level design that seemed geared towards co-op, especially with the number of bosses that simply had more enemies or more bosses, such as Skeleton Lords, Dragon Slayers, or the Duke's Dear Freya, as their gimmick towards difficulty. Uh, picture I saw of the Mirror Knight battle from the Dark Souls 2 design works seemed to depict a traditional D&D adventuring party climbing up the steps to meet the knight. There's a lot of hand-wringing about the torch, uh, lighting-slash-torch implementation, but I'm wondering now if they're trying to go even further with a purely multiplayer game sometime during the design phase. That's interesting. Yeah. It does um, sort of seem that way. Yeah. yeah. That's a... Uh, I have to get, like, does. I can't wait for them to translate that book. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, that's interesting. That is an idea that, and I, you know, I went through like I just would just co-op if I was totally banging my head up against something. But most of the bosses I fought, you know, on my own. Yeah. But it's an interesting idea because the uh, some areas definitely do feel, you know, balanced as such. Um, I almost think if they wanted you to be uh, have co-op the whole game, they'd almost need more. You know, like they it would, actually I do little, think a little bit trickier because, like, as of now, like I still think that going through with a phantom, you more or less steamroll. Um, which is true yeah. in Dark Souls 1 as well. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, I've actually been working on a co-op playthrough with one of my good friends for a couple of months now. We only do it when, you know, we actually get to hang out in person because mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have both a projector, which I play on, and a TV, hmm. which he plays hmm. on. Yeah. And right. uh, what? I said that, I said just said that's cool. Like playing on a projector is neat. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the best, uh, best. $40 purchases I've made. It was broken <laughs> when I bought it. I yeah. opened it up and did a little soldering, and here we go. Yeah. $600 projector working again. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, hey. I've been working on a co op playthrough with this guy, and uh, we've just been steamrolling it. I mean, I the way I approach it is we go to his world first. I don't go first in any area, I just let him sort of lead the way, don't give him any hints or anything, and I just sort of am there for backup. And, you know, even without having any knowledge on the game on his part, we're still steamrolling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, nothing we, hard. I haven't done a, a co-op playthrough of Dark Souls 2, but Dark Souls 1, I'm, like, partway through a co-op playthrough with Brayden, and we, we stopped because we ran out of time. But uh, we gave ourselves, like, we gave ourselves a restriction of just fist weapons. <laughs> um, or it's nice. more specifically, well, and Dragon Covenants, because we were doing Double Dragon. And uh, you could do fist weapons, or you could use whips. Because uh, you use whips and double dragon, yeah. um, but the uh, you have to give. I feel like you have to give yourself a restriction, like a two player thing where with like, no shields. Two player could be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes Dark Souls Two this kind of weird anomaly, right? Like, and sets it up in this weird place where it's one foot in, one foot out. Because if that if it was designed around that, which I can totally buy, given you know the the, the setup of some of the bosses and the, yeah. the the perception of a lot of people who really value. Um, multiplayer play is that from has kind of destroyed the community by mm-hmm. uh, by by putting all these barriers in place. Um, it, it, it kind of is a, a, a work that has two directly contradictory drives to it. Mm-hmm. It really does, though. Um, considering how they treat invaders and how they encourage uh, co op, mm-hmm. it feels yeah. very. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I think confused? I think that yeah, confused. 
Yeah, well, one of the things we've been, you know, in the uh, continuing, uh, you know, uh, subtext elephant in the room throughout this whole season of, like, Dark Souls 2. Is it as good as Dark Souls 1? Is it better than Dark Souls 1? We keep kind of hovering around this. And I think that, though we're both big fans of Dark Souls 2, um, the, uh, what we can settle on, at the very least, is one of the weaknesses is that it is less focused and has less of a, like, a singular whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's less of a cohesive world. Yeah. Yeah. And this is definitely part of it. Yeah. So it's like that. It plays through in lots of different things. There are so many individual moments that we all love, and uh, you know, I think that I think in the general consensus of the gaming community, Cole and I are more charitable to it than a lot of people are. Um, a lot of people have soured on it a little bit more than we have. But like, it is. This is part of a symptom of a greater problem with it, in that it is not quite the like masterwork better than the sum of its parts thing that dark souls one yeah. and demon souls were yeah yeah cohesion it lacks cohesion yeah, yeah. <laughs> while simultaneously being amazing and excellent yeah and yeah like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah it it's a great game but as it's far a, yeah. as the souls games yeah. go with their uh world when you think of mm-hmm. uh, the world of a souls game mm-hmm. you think yeah. of a complex level design despite you know even if the game itself as a whole, doesn't have a huge cohesive element to it. Think Demon Souls with the Nexus acting as a mm-hmm. midpoint. Yeah. Um, it's not open. It's not cohesive between each area. Yes, you've got that one center point, but you know yeah. what I'm getting at? Yeah. 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 Despite it's for, it's that, for sure like spatially incohesive, but it's also incohesive in some other ways as, as well. Yeah. Like, right, right. Even piecing together the lore has been a, kind of a frustrating experience because of random haphazard enemies and, and the like. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, Grave Wardens in Earth and Peak. Yeah. Um, oh, we right. saw that. So. What's with that? Seriously. Um, yeah, they will go to any length to hunt down people who defile the grave. So that, yeah. was, that was the best we came up with. I don't know if we solved it. We, we made a sorry <laughs> excuse for it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, honestly to, the best reason I to, could come up with. Way to blow up my fucking yeah. spot, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Well, you you didn't solve it. I know. I, I didn't. Somebody write in. I'm blowing up some some no, guy who. No, no. It says somebody didn't write in. That was uh, that oh. was that was uh, put together from the descriptions in the guide. Uh, okay. I also well, wasn't you, serious about that. So. Okay. <laughs> well, you you get blown up. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably uh, good for our PvP thing. That's uh, thank you everybody who wrote in mm-hmm. um, for that. We really appreciate it. Um, and thank you, Andrew. Again. Oh, it's not a problem. Um, yeah. For joining us, where uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Mr. I Won't Forget, or on Twitch TV, uh, same thing, twitch.tv slash Mr. I Won't Forget, or on Twitter. And I bet you can guess what this uh, <laughs> web address is. I Yeah, I, and I recommend it. Like uh, I like how the videos are um, super efficient. Like It is a bite-sized chunk of what you need to know about the weapon, and I really like the, uh, the kind of taxonomical like, you know, approach. That you have to this, it's very like it mirrors our own in a different way. It's like you're like the PvP version of us, where like we go area by area and examine the area, and you're going like weapon by weapon and kind of breaking down this part of the game into a granular experience. Yeah, so super cool. Yeah. So um, Andrew had to go, um, but uh, we have a couple things to talk with you about. Yeah, we got some some announcements. It's been a long time since we recorded because uh, we were working on uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo with Watch Out for Fireballs, which was a success, um, massive success. Was, yeah, we're still alive. 
as we as we doubted <laughs> um, before the thing. But it was also really, really fun. And if you don't listen to that show, you should. Uh, and we're going to be releasing that live episode, and it's going to be great. Um, but in the meantime, we have a couple of cool things to announce. Um, one, as, uh, you know, we are doing a charity live stream. Yes. Uh, November 21st and 22nd, um, we are streaming gaming 24 hours uh, to raise money for Transactive, which is the only uh, trans youth organization in the United States. Um, they provide all kinds of services. It is a great organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love it, and it's a cause really close to my heart. I have you know a bunch of trans friends, and my, my uh, stepbrother is, is, a, is, is a trans person as well. Um, yeah. So it's super important to me. And uh, I'm really happy that we're going to be able to hopefully kick some money their way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be done, uh, we believe, on Twitch. And we're going to be raising uh, money for a cause. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it on this. That uh, is is very widely misunderstood. And uh, um, especially is kind of, I think, treated poorly in the online and gaming community. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we, you know, there are people, people out there who are, are gamers who are, you know, just being real shitheads about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we can do something to combat that, that's what I want to do. And the whole thing with all of this Gamergate nonsense and, and all of this harassment, like, I have just been wringing my hands about feeling like there's nothing I can do about it. This doesn't answer that directly, huh. um, but it does. I'm hopefully it balances the scales at least a little <laughs> bit. Um, so if you go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream, um, we have the information. That's going to be a continuing uh, update as we get more information on it. But it's 24 hours, the 21st and 22nd, um, and we're splitting it in half. So uh, the night shift, uh, that first night, um, is going to be the Portland branch, and the uh, the second morning and day is going to be the Cincinnati branch yeah. of the uh, the show. And we'll put up details about what we're playing to stream and stuff um, as we go. I'm going to try to train and do a Dark Souls 2 or a Dark Souls 1 speedrun hmm. um, for it, which I haven't actually done in a really long time, but I can see if I can get down to my, my two-hour mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, which is not good as far as Dark Souls 1 speedruns go, but, you know, if you want to watch that. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. And I have commentary. I'm pretty sure Nick and Brayton will be there and, you yeah. know, just feeding me coffee <laughs> like while I'm, I'm playing. Yeah. And uh, I'm planning on uh, picking some uh, some horror game to stream. Yeah. From beginning to end, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm not too exhausted, I might stay up and, and participate in the chat and stuff. Yeah that but uh there'll be instructions you know there'll be a paypal address and everything all money goes we're not keeping any of it It all goes transactive um you know dig deep because it's a really good cause and uh, we're really excited to do it like uh you know i want to give back definitely super excited about that Mm -hmm. yep and if this is successful we plan to do more right yeah yeah absolutely like you know the you know possibly an annual thing possibly you know a couple times if it if it works well um because it is uh you know like we people who listen to our show are very kind and Mm -hmm. i feel like as far as an audience goes we have a group of people whose hearts are in the right place yeah um and uh you know we want to be able to do something we want Mm -hmm. to uh, make that easier for you guys um also, um, just as a real quick plug, I'm throughout I released the second album of Mario Paint songs. So if you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash store, by the time this episode comes out, you'll be able to buy that um, digitally for five bucks. Um, you should do it. It integrates really well with the first album. If you don't have that, you should buy it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Well, if people want to uh, support this show, uh, we have the Facebook group and we also have iTunes ratings and reviews. Find us on Facebook mm-hmm. at facebook.com slash bonfire side chat. And then, you know, iTunes, if you are of that persuasion, if you are in the Apple ecosystem, uh, that goes a long way towards helping people find the show. We say it pretty much every single time, but uh, yeah. you'd be surprised how how uh, effective that is. When we ask if you're in the Apple ecosystem, we're asking if you're Bono. Yes. Like, if, if you are Bono, 
Um, if we got a rating review from Bono, I'd be so happy. Like, how, like all my favorite adult contemporary artists, I want to get <laughs> get ratings reviews from Melissa Etheridge, Martin Page. Um, the uh, yeah, and you can also go to uh, Patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV and uh, hit us up there, and that is a great way to support the show. Um, we really appreciate it, yeah. and yeah. Um, should we talk about uh, by the time this comes out, we will have the new tier up. Just while, yes. while we're asking people Absolutely. to do this. Yeah. Okay. So um, Bloodborne is coming out, and uh, much to our chagrin, it is PlayStation 4 exclusive. Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, go, go, not to disparage your, your side in the console wars, if you're <laughs> if you're of that persuasion, but yeah. like, I prefer to play everything I can on a, on a computer, mm-hmm. and there aren't a lot of like PS4 exclusives I'm that excited about. Yeah. Um, so we are adding a stretch goal or a milestone goal, as they call them on PS4, or excuse me, on Patreon. <laughs> yes, on PlayStation Patreon, 4. On, on Patreon 4, um, <laughs> called the Bloodborne tier, uh, which is, you know, we if we make our way to $1,000 a month, which we're really close to, yeah. um, it's going to help us uh, pick up some play- PS4s, play us 4s some PlayStation 4s and Bloodborns. Yeah. Um, because we want the show to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be able to cover Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. And without it just costing us an arm and a leg out of pocket. Yeah. So, you know, just in, in, in the interest of, like, full disclosure and honesty, like, it's very unlikely that the show will stop if we don't hit that goal. However, you know, we're reaching out to you and, you know, kind of being as being as transparent as possible and saying we would like for this to kind of cost us personally as little as possible. And, you know, we're throwing right. we're, we're, we're throwing in you like a percentage of that hitting that goal. What that means for us is that it will have the, the most minimal impact on our personal finances and the network finances. So we can continue to a bring you this content and be um, allocate uh, funds towards improving our audio quality or doing other live shows like this right we're not we're not holding a hostage right like we're we're totally not saying that we are we're never doing that like we'll never say like we're not gonna make shows unless you guys give us money like we're not assholes but it is like the it's a good illustration of like a real concrete considerable cost like a copy you know a ps4 and a a copy of bloodborne is about what my monthly rent is Mm -hmm. um which is a big deal like i am a student i don't make very you know i make very little money Mm -hmm. um you know it is it is a huge like that is a huge expense for me like i'm in an economic position where i have to actually look at that and think Mm -hmm. that's worth considering you know yeah so we would do it i would swallow it because i love doing the show and i want to play the game but if you guys are willing to help out who are listening to a bonfire side chat and kick up an extra couple bucks that would be awesome yeah we would really appreciate it and um you know we totally understand if you know us asking for toys is a little weird because we feel asking for toys yeah yeah we we are asking for toys but if they're (laughs) toys that you like listening us to us talk about yeah um you know do so and if you can't do it no big deal. Yeah. We still you, love you. you. You listening is 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 uh, pay enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Just about. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for sticking around through this kind of action-packed uh, admin section. Uh, we're going to be back yeah. next time, um, joined by network friend, a uh, good friend. Got to spend some mm-hmm. time with him this past weekend, Nick Glauber. Yeah, he's a delightful human. Yeah. Um, you may know him from Check It Out Comrade. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be talking about um, the memories. So mm-hmm. the giant, the three uh, giants' memories and the covenant of uh, the Pilgrims of Dark. Yes. Covenant. So um, the, the chasm of old. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a weird episode, but it is going to be fun to do these, you know, not optional, but like some mostly optional mm-hmm. areas and kind of see how. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, mostly it's, I, I imagine about 45 minutes of how weird it is that Ben Hart can travel back in time <laughs> to memories. Yep. So 
the uh, that's what we're going to talk. I'm about. already working on so much material. Yeah, so like our, our Ben Hart bits. <laughs> the uh, yeah, so yeah, joined by Nick, and that's going to be uh, just in a week's time. There's no episode mm-hmm. or appendix for this uh, episode. Yep. So we will see you then. Yeah. Umbasa. Umbasa. We all pray that we will have far more soon. And yeah. uh, if I end up doing an attic or garage or something like that, I am definitely going to get a little mini fridge for. I, mean, I, I hate the term, but for my man cave. Yeah, I do the core oh. sign. Yeah, I love exactly. My cave, I love it. <laughs> I, I I definitely love my cave. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way into caves in general. Yeah. Caving. Still, stalacites and stalagmites. Yeah, spelunking. Yeah. Spelunky. Spelunking. Spelunky, a good yep. game. Yeah, 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 good game. Transition. <laughs> Segwaying it back. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it yeah. back. Yeah. The Descent, good movie about caves. Yeah. The Cave, good game. Um, <laughs> cave Story, cave story good game. also good game. Cave, cave Story, also good game. Never-ending story. All yeah. right, movie. Good story. Yeah. 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 Never yeah. nightmares. Okay, game. Yeah. Okay, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what the show is. I'm gonna say my name, and then we're just gonna free associate <laughs> games and movies for about an hour, and then we'll edit it and, in the bongos later. Yeah, and then we'll edit it so it sounds like we're talking about Dark Souls. <laughs> yep. B, B, B is a never-ending nightmare <laughs> that you spelunk into. Uh, yeah. So cool.